This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. As we look into your word of life, you are the author and the finisher of our faith, is what the scripture tells us. Father, I pray that today you will minister to us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I, I think last Sunday was exceptional. It, it, uh, some people have forgotten what happened last Sunday. <laughs> it was an exceptional service. We experienced the mighty move of God. You know, and this morning we were praying for those God has touched, that that touch will be a permanent one. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What I'm believing God for now is I'm gearing up. I'm getting ready because next year we're going to have a lot of baby naming ceremony. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Because one of the things uh, fibroid does to the womb is it prevents it from conceiving. And even if it conceives, it uh, prevents it from developing to full term. You know, so now that the issue of fibroid has been removed, the floodgates have opened. Yeah. Hallelujah. My only prayer is that we won't have to do multiple naming ceremonies on the same day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Oh, okay, that's all right. That's all right. We just assign different people to do different things. Amen. Amen. Today, I, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I was reflecting on the year. Uh, you know, I've said it many times. It's difficult for a lot of people. And when I, don't, when I say this, I don't mean it in a negative way. So please bear with me. It's difficult for a lot of people to think. Thinking requires depth. It's not just, I'm thinking about work tomorrow. That's not what I'm talking about. But for you to really reflect and meditate, at the beginning of the year, God gave us, spoke to us severally. And I was reflecting on some of those things, and it led me to what we're talking about today. You know, from good to great. Okay, three people caught it. I'm going from good to great. <laughs> you are going from good to great. In the name of Jesus. You know, I honestly believe that uh, anyone, anyone that has accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, they have the good life. They have the good life. You know, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have houses. They are good. I, I want money. I want houses. I want cars. I want all of those. But as long as a person is saved, born again, spirit-filled, sanctified, heaven-bound, you're good. You're good. Let me give you an example. The Bible tells us about uh, a beggar named Lazarus that was by the gate of a rich man. He didn't have money, obviously, because he was a beggar, right? But the scripture also tells us that he was in heaven, and the rich man did not make it to heaven. And if you begin to wonder, and say, ah, so maybe it's better to be poor so I can go to heaven. Lies. <laughs> the Bible tells us about Abraham, right? The father of faith. Abraham was wealthy. 
he was flourishing. He was the father, is the father, not was, is the father of faith, and he was a very wealthy person. And the scripture also tells us that Abraham is in heaven. So that leaves us with a choice. You want the good life or you want the great life? Ask your neighbors. Yeah, you want the great life. Okay, uh, that's what I believe you would like too. So we're in, I'm in good company today. The important thing here is we need a balance in life. What I've seen is that, uh, well, okay, let me start from the other side. What I've seen is that some people want the good, li- the, the great things of life, you know, like money, cars, career, position, and all of those things. But they pursue that at the detriment of the good life, their work with Christ. You know, and there are some, <laughs> this is more out of resignation that, you know, it's not working. So let me just say I'm for Jesus. <laughs> You know, so you just say, so you say, no, 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 no. This world is not my home. I am just passing by. But you know what you're missing. <laughs> I know that your heart is desiring some of those things that you're saying. Uh, don't mind all of those people. You, you yourself, you are minding them. You know, so uh, what we need is a balance. And I pray that God will open our eyes of understanding uh, so that we can have that balance in our lives. You know, uh, when I thought about good and great, one of the things I thought about is marriage is good. It's good to be married. It's better to be married than to be single. I can tell you that. You know, 22 years by the grace of God, and God has been good. Amen. (laughs) Not tired, not wishing maybe we pause and come back to it. No, 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 no. You know, in fact, I don't even want to share with anybody. (laughs) What I've told my wife is I would die of a rightful age. You know, and uh, what I will leave behind, nobody will believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> marriage is good, but a happy marriage is better. It's better. It's better. And I can give many illustrations like that, but uh, time is never our friend. Let's open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. This is where I would like to start today. Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 18. The Bible says the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. The common English version says the lifestyle of of good people is like sunlight at dawn that keeps getting brighter until broad daylight. The easy to read version says the path of those who live right is like the early morning light. It gets brighter and brighter until the full light of day. I, I, I included several translations there to help us understand that what God wants for us is clear. He wants you, God wants you, he wants me to be better each day. He wants us to move from good to better to best. He wants us to move from the good life to the great life. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. That is exactly what God wants for us, and the scripture has told us that. But you will also agree with me that as long as there, there is life, there is hope. Amen? Uh, I've said this many, many years. Don't write me off yet. Amen? 
As a child of God, anyone that writes you off, they are in for a surprise. You know, and don't write yourself off. Uh, don't self-sabotage yourself. You know, uh, on Friday, I was privileged to attend uh, our sister's uh, dad's celebration of life service. One thing that struck me, he, I knew him just a little bit when he came to visit. But one of the things that struck me is that all everybody talked about was his character and his integrity and his salvation. Those were the three things they talked about. You can sum everything up in that bucket or in those buckets. But it may surprise some to know that he was a veterinary doctor. He was a professor of virology, accomplished professor of virology, studied rabies for many years here in America, in Russia, in Nigeria, accomplished with so many publications. You don't become, a, <laughs> I know, it was my track in Nigeria. You don't become a professor in Nigeria without published work. In fact, the saying back then was, it's either you publish or you perish. <laughs> publish or perish. Accomplished, but in death. I'm sure he has houses. Nobody talked about his houses. Nobody talked about the balance in his bank account. We all were focused on his life, the life he lived. So I want us to remember that. Let's have that at the back of our mind as a basis for our conversation today. So at the beginning of the year, like I said, I preached a sermon that was titled Contemplations. And I said to everyone, I said, bookmark this message. Uh, keep it close to your heart. Reference it. Because it's a guy. It's not just a sermon for the day. It's a guy. And uh, yesterday I was running some analytics on our pod bean. You know, and I saw that, oh, wow, some people have been listening to that sermon, actually. You know, it's a lot of downloads, lots of downloads. If you are not signed up to our pod bean, please sign up. Uh, I'm going to be sharing this information with the ministers later. But last year, we had almost a 1,000 downloads of our sermons. <laughs> All over the world. Russia, they are downloading in Russia, Czechoslovakia, Belgium, Germany. All over. <laughs> so when co-pastor was talking about don't be a local champion. You should know that by intrinsically, God did not create us to be local champions. So we, we started with, um, in December, I talked about reflections. I, I will land very soon. In December, I talked about reflections. And in reflections, I said three things is important. Think, plan, and execute. I'm not going to re-preach that. Uh, but it's on Podbean if you want to listen to it. Think plan, and execute. When I continued in January, the second Sunday of January, I talked about four things. Because what I've, what I've realized is a lack of knowledge has caused many to lose out on their own inheritance. So how do you mean? Remember the son of the rich young ruler. I mean, not the rich young ruler. Uh, the son, the prodigal son is what we call him. The prodigal son 
ran out of money for his own lifestyle, ran out of money, and was eating pig food. Pig itself is what Jews will not eat, not to talk of eating pig food. It means he was taking care of pigs. It was an abomination for Jews to talk. In fact, if you touch a pig, you are unclean. He was not only touching pig, he was eating pig food. All of that for lack of knowledge. I dare say that what some people are suffering right now is a product of lack of knowledge. Why? Because it's already done. Somebody say it's already done. So that's why I gave you that basis in January. I talked about four things. Number one, I said it's important for you to know that you are God's creation. And the scripture says we are his workmanship. Have you ever seen an artist that wants to showcase his work and brings out his worst painting? The best. Somebody say the best. I am the best of God. I, I am not some afterthought. You know, my parents may have had me and thinking I was an afterthought, that it was a mistake. But I'm not a mistake. And neither are you. I, I'm not a mistake, by the way. I, you know, I'm in the middle. <laughs> you know, last born is what they usually say is mistake. You know, but... <laughs> but let's come back. So, number one, I said, we are God's creation, his workmanship. God has vested interest in me. Why? Because I'm his work. I'm his, he made me. He created me. And because he made me, he has a huge stake in me. Amen? Amen. The makers of Samsung, I believe this is. The makers of Samsung. <laughs> they have vested interest in Samsung. They want Samsung to succeed. Right? This phone, they want it to succeed. They want it to do well in the market. Why? Because they made it. The God that created you has vested interest in you that you must be successful. So don't defeat yourself. Don't say it's not going to work out. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's masterpiece. God's masterpiece. So whatever thoughts are coming through your mind and is telling you maybe I'm not good enough, that's not of God. Number two, very quickly, I said you are a unique individual. A unique individual. So when God, so we're having a service, the Bible says where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. As we're having this service and God wants to bless people, it's not blessing the masses. Is blessing individuals. And guess what? He knows my name. Oh, he's, he's not saying, oh, uh, uh, that member in salvation said, no, no, no. He said, my son, Adekoye, Sonny. There's a blessing with your name on it, and you are unique. You are unique. Stop trying to be a copy. I'm tired of folks wanting to copy and be something that God has not made them. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. So you are unique. Psalm 33, 15 says exactly that. He said, he fashioned their hearts individually. 
He made their heart so, uh, uh, NIV, you can, uh, NIV says, he fashioned their heart individually. I'm a unique individual. When God is looking down from heaven, is looking for Adekoye Sonny, is not looking for a crowd. Watch this. God has an assignment for you. God has an assignment for you. <laughs> and he has an assignment for me. The point I made from there, very simple, is where you are, right, is part of your assignment. You know, let me give you an example. Somebody says, I know God created me to be a millionaire. Unless you were born into a millionaire's family, you are going to go through a process. All right? The example I gave back then was the example of Joseph, right? The ultimate goal that God had in mind was to save Israel. That was the ultimate goal. And he was going to use Joseph. Joseph is not going to come from the village and come to Egypt and say, I'm going to be second in command. It's not going to happen. He had to go through a process. So some people will say, oh, this is not my life. I'm just uh, managing what. You better enjoy where you are. Listen, and learn the lessons that God wants you to learn. It is part of your process. Joseph had to be sold into slavery, part of the plan. Even though slavery did not look like the palace, but it was part of God's plan for him. So you may be working McDonald's now and say, this is not my life. Don't hate it. Enjoy. There are lessons for you to learn where you are. The reason many people have not been able to go over that hump is because you have not learned the lesson. And the lesson you're learning there is what is going to give you an access to the next level. Note that. God has an assignment for you. And ultimately, it's a great one. And then I said, weather the storm. Weather the storm. Weather the storm. <laughs> In the note, I said, uh, nobody told you the road was going to be easy. Maybe you told yourself, you know, that when I get to America, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to be, the dollar will just be flowing. I think you have a different story to tell right now. The dollar may be flowing right now, but you know what you had to go through before the dollar began to flow. But watch this. Jesus told his disciples, John chapter 16, verse 33, John 16, 33. He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world for you. What is he saying? He's saying that you will go through many unpleasant processes, but don't let it phase you because I have a great plan for you. Ultimately, you have won. But before you win, you have to fight a battle. Oh, you didn't hear that. That battle you are going through right now cannot conquer, it can't conquer you. So my advice to somebody today is stay focused on the mission and the task at hand. Where God has you right now, learn all you can learn from there. Don't despise where you are. Zechariah 4.10, he says, don't despise the small beginnings. Don't despise the small beginnings. You may be struggling now, but it doesn't mean you will struggle all of your life. 
But right there where you are, understand that God is working something out. If you rapidly, like a rocket, you just jump to the top. When you get to the top, you will misbehave. Because you don't know what the levels feel like. The Lord dropped this in my heart this morning, and I told my daughter very quickly, I said, type this out. This is a quote. This is a Twitter word. <laughs> Listen to this. The fact that God has given me a vision does not mean there will be no resistance. So the fact that there is resistance and there is trouble does not mean I'm not in the will of God. In fact, it could very well mean that you are in the will of God. That is why there's opposition. If you are going the same direction as the devil is going, why will he resist you? Okay, at the same time, it doesn't mean if there's no resistance, you are working with the devil. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but you have to have balance. So watch this. Watch this. To go from good to great, having said all of that, because I said all of that at the beginning of the year, as the Lord has said to me, to level set everybody and know that there is no situation that you cannot overcome. With God on your side, that, that is. There is nothing. There is nothing I'm going through. Joseph went from daddy's son to becoming a slave, to becoming a prisoner, a slave in prison. His life was like over. But it was all, all of it, all of it was God's plan. Was all of was God's plan. Can I tell you how I landed in San Antonio? Let me tell you real quick for those that don't know. So I came to America in November. December, my wife is pregnant. I got really busy. So <laughs> December, she's pregnant. As soon as she became pregnant, she could, I mean, the morning sickness was bad. Really bad. She couldn't work. So her next check after she took in, we were paying, what do you call them now? Payback loan. No. Payday loan. Oh, it's strange to you. I thank God for your life. <laughs> we were paying, paid a loan. And then the next year, paid a loan. Ah. I said, my life, before I started, the life is almost over. <laughs> so we were going, walking downtown one day, and I saw the recruiting station. They said they are giving $20,000 for anybody that will sign up. I said, sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up right now. The military brought me to San Antonio. And today we have Salvation Center. I thought I was fighting for my family. But God had a plan. God had a plan. All the pain of boot camp, I regretted myself. I told them I'm going crazy. I'm going home. I'm going, in fact, I thought of escaping back to Nigeria. <laughs> but God had a plan. What am I saying? God has a plan for your life. Endure the pain. Weather the storm. You have not offended God. You have not offended God. Nobody here has experienced anything close to Job. That's just for reference.
But I want to talk, <laughs> what I want to talk about today is to go from good to great, uh, to great, you need to roll the dice. You know the dice? You need to roll the dice. Dice there is an acronym. D-I-C-E. Let's, let's look at it very quickly. The D is for discover. 19... 1996 was the first time I ever preached any kind of message to an audience, that is. You know, apart from evangelism and teaching people one-on-one. So they told me workers' meeting, Koye, you are taking workers' meeting. Our workers' meeting was like 300 people. You know, so I went to prepare. And what the Lord said to me is, do. What is do? Discover and obey. So this was one of the things God had spoken to me earlier on in my journey. Discover. What do I mean? Every human being. The Bible says that as Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave gifts unto men. And along with the gifts, he gave a measure of grace. Until you discover what your gift is and begin to operate in that gift, you will be a copycat. Copying others. Looking for what are they doing? What is he doing? What is she doing? And then you are copying people up and down. There is a unique grace that is upon every individual life. The real work you have to do is to discover what is my gift. What is my gift? Because the gift God has given you He has also given you grace to function in that gift. When you are operating in your gift, you are not struggling. It's easy for you. It's easy. It's easy. Hallelujah. Discover your uniqueness. Discover what is different about you. There is something that is general to everybody, and then there are some things that are just unique to you. It doesn't mean you are better than the rest of the people. It just means you have your own. I read a book a while back by Mike Murdoch, The Law of Recognition. (laughs) Let me read something. Two things he said. Number one, He said, everything you need is already in your life merely awaiting your recognition. Everything you need to succeed, to be accomplished, everything you need is already in you and is waiting for your recognition. Let me give you an example. When there was storm at at sea and Jesus showed up in the middle of the night, and they thought it was a ghost and all of that. And they found, they discovered it was Jesus. And uh, Peter said to Jesus, Master, if that is you, bid me to come. And he started walking on water. Did Jesus lay hands on him to impact power? Say, power to float. No. He was already in him. He was already in him. He was not a prayer that made it happen. He said, bid me to come. He said, come. He said, CJ, come. Come now. 
Are you deliberately trying to prove me wrong? <laughs> God bless you. Please be seated. He said, if that is you, bid me to come. And he told him, come. And he stepped down. And he was walking on water. It was not a unique impartation. It was not a special prayer. It was not a watch night service. It was not, he said, come. Why? Because it's already in you. What you are looking for is not lost. <laughs> you are going up and down. Think about it. At the end of all of your travail, check your balance sheet. What profit have I made? What profit? You have worked very hard. You've run up and down. You do, do. Oh, yeah. ah, ah, let, let's do this. Oh, they said this is happening. And then, and then the other one. And then this. Ah, let's collaborate. Ah, let's, you, you have done all of that. Let's look at balance sheets. What lives are you impacting? A life that is all about I, me, and myself is not an exciting life. So, number one, everything you need is already in your life awaiting your recognition. The second thing I learned from that book, anything unrecognized remains uncelebrated. The only reason we are talking about Peter walking on water now is because he recognized he could walk on water. Even though, <laughs> you know, preachers like myself will always focus on him sinking. You know, oh, he, he took his eyes off Jesus and then he's looking at the stone, then he sank. Ah. At least he walked. Why don't you focus on him walking instead of him sinking? He walked on water. The master said, come. And he got out and he began to walk. He began to walk. Whatever God has given you that is unrecognized will be uncelebrated. Because once you recognize it and you begin to walk in it, not only will you celebrate it yourself, others will celebrate it in your life. You say, oh, what I really like about him. What I really like about her. Why? Because they are seeing the gift in operation in your life. What am I saying? You need to make a discovery. There is a gift of God upon your life. I was teaching the discovery membership class this morning. And I told them, and this is true. There are, by the grace of God, people gifted with working miracles. Sitting down, sitting on the gift. There are people here with a gift of prophecy, sitting on the gift. Amen? There are people here with a gift of healings, praying for people and them receiving their healing, sitting on the gift. If the body is going to fulfill its mission, every part of the body will have to function. Can you imagine, can you imagine, my vocal cords, they just refused to cooperate this morning. That we are not working today. This gift will not work. What's going to happen? The message is here, and it's here, but you can't hear it. I just say, a lot that I want to tell you. 
That is how it is in the church. When you are not operating and functioning in, the, in your gift, you are depriving the body of that ministry. Or my leg just froze up on me. You know? I might still be able to speak, but you'll be too distracted. Because I'm like, I'm going this way. I wonder what's wrong with his leg. Then I keep telling you, don't focus on the leg. Listen to what I'm saying. But it's still a distraction. Anytime there is a gift that God has given to the body, but it's not in operation, it weakens the body. Matthew 14, 28, he said, bid me come. And he walked on water. Everything you need is already in your life. It's not missing. Stop running around. I'm looking for, looking, there's nothing you're looking for. What you're looking for is to, for, you to be, for you to be able to do an introspection. Look within. Look at your neighbor. Say, look within. Look within. Let me give this last example and then I'll move on. Paul, the apostle. The Bible says God wrought special kinds of miracles by the hand of Paul. You know that, right? That's scripture. Special miracles God wrought by his hand. But before God began to use him to wrought miracles, when he did not know his gift, what was he doing? He was killing the church. He was persecuting the church. So when a person does not know their gift, they will be functioning in the wrong office. And one of the offices you have in the church today is not gift of the spirit. It's a gift of criticism. <laughs> ah! The note was off. Who is playing the keyboard? It needs more training. Oh, the ushers, I, I wonder what they are, what are the ushers doing? You just, the devil will just give you an assignment. You know why? They gift, <laughs> I'm serious, it sounds funny, but when you are not operating in your gift, you have to do something. Nature abhors vacuum. If you are busy working, you are functioning in your office. You don't have time for gossip. When they bring you, you say, oh, no, 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 not right now, I'm busy, you know? And I'm sorry, you know, a, a number of people, as some people were walking in this morning, things were coming to my head. Oh, he called me. Oh, she called me. And I didn't respond. I'm sorry. If you call and I don't call back, please send me a text. That will help me remember to call you back. Why? Because I'm busy doing something. It, when you are not busy, you will go to, uh, Satan will, you will occupy the person's time with something. Discover. Discover your gift. You have a gift that is of God. Use it to the glory of God. We have preachers, evangelists, sitting on their gift. I pray you will arise in the name of Jesus. When Paul rose up, recognized his gift, at the end of the day, is the author of two-thirds of the New Testament. And the Bible says, through him, God wrought special 
kind of miracle. In fact, there was a day Paul was preaching. There was, <laughs> you know, since many years ago, I, I saw this. And so I, I, I'm not worried when I'm preaching and it looks like some people are sleeping. It may, they may have gone to work or any different things may have happened. Paul was preaching one day. The guy was sitting by the window. And the guy fell asleep and fell out the window. <laughs> so I said, so it's not only my message that people sleep sometimes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fell out, the guy fell out the window and died. Paul went, laid hands on him. The guy came back to life. They went back upstairs and continued preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, uh, Technica. Uh, that's the uh, scripture right there. The second part, I will take the second part and leave the rest till next time. Let me take the second one real quick. So, first one is what? Discover. You need to make a discovery. The second one is you need to investigate. You need to investigate. You know, the fact that I know this is my gift does not earn you anything. You don't get stripes. That now I know. Okay, then what? How do I operate in this gift? How do I make the most of what God has given me? When you look in the scriptures, one of the things you will see is that most of the people, they had other people that were mentoring them. I told the... <laughs> I told the uh, Discovery Membership class guys today that a dangerous leader is a leader that doesn't have anybody over him. Because if he makes a mistake, who's going to hold him accountable? He's just leading everybody. He's, he's the leader. He's the leader. He's the leader. Who is leading you? The Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is leading all of us. Hallelujah. Everyone needs somebody. Can you say that to your neighbor? Everyone. Without exception. Everyone needs somebody. Uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 10. Proverbs 23, 10. It says, remove not the old landmark, and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Proverbs twenty two twenty eight. Remove not the old landmark which thy fathers have set. The principle here is some people have gone ahead of you. Amen? Please look up, look up, look up. One of the biggest self-awareness in life that everybody must make to be self-aware of, is that I don't know everything. Oh, it will free you from so many things. This number one self-awareness that every human being must have is that I do not know everything. I know a lot of things, but I don't know, I don't know everything. You know what that does to you? It opens you up for correction. It opens you up for learning. It opens you up for learning. I don't know everything. And because I don't know everything, I'm going to seek those that know beyond where I know and learn from them. I'm not saying copy them, but you can learn from them. We see many examples in scripture. 
Elijah and Elisha, Elisha and Gehazi, Moses and Joshua, and so on and so forth. The example that I would like to share with you is the example of Jesus. Jesus had 12 disciples and was very intentional about how he mentored them. Many people have a misunderstanding and misconception of what a mentor is. So you go to the mentor and he teaches you everything. No. No. When you have a mentor, the mentee goes to the mentor with questions about things they are confused about. And because that mentor has worked that work before you, they can then give you instruction on how to cope with those kind of challenges and difficulties. You want to start a church, you say, oh, I, I got this. Okay, keep on living. You will find out. Amen? Or you want to begin a career along a path, you say, I'm just going to do it by myself. Keep on living. The journey of one year will take ten years. It's very simple. Why? Because some people have gone ahead of you. Jesus and the disciples, for three and a half years, he kept teaching them. He would teach the masses, and then when they are in the private, they will ask him, Master, this thing you say is not very clear. And then he will explain to them. Amen? There was a time he went to the Mount of Transfiguration with three of the disciples, right? In, out of 12, he went with three. How many remaining? It's not a trick question. Nine, yeah. So there's nine of them remaining. There's a little boy possessed with demons. And they brought the boy for them to pray over. Nine of them. They were scavenging and kicking and jumping. The demon was laughing at them. He said, you? Who are you? And Jesus came. Came down from the mountaintop and prayed. Boom! The demon leaves. After everybody left, the Bible said they took him to the side. Say, Master, what is different from what we have been doing and what you did? He said, there are some kind, they will not go unless by fasting and prayer. That's the mentor there. He's giving them instructions, but they are the ones asking the questions. Paul, for example, was not part of them. He was not part of the 12, but when Jesus appeared to him, Paul himself said in Galatians chapter 1, you can read it when you get home, he said, when I encountered Jesus, I did not go to Jerusalem to meet the elders. I went to Arabia to seek the face of the Lord. I said, this message that I'm preaching, God himself gave to me. He, means he went to the source to ask for mentoring and mentorship. There are things you want to do that others have gone ahead of you and they have done. Save yourself time. Humble yourself. Because sometimes pride is the reason some people are not getting along. Humble yourself and ask questions. You say, oh, I want to be a scrum master. Well, there was an agile boot camp that was organized in church. Did you attend? Oh, I read something, you know, uh, release train engineer. You, you know there are some agile people in church. Talk to them. I want to be a Splunk architect. Oh, by the way, Sheon is a Splunk architect. Talk to him. I like this Splunk thing. What's the highest level you can attain to? Oh, I have been told that Ben is a, a, a Splunk core something, consultant, something great, something wonderful. Talk to him. There are people that can mentor you, is what I'm saying. 
if you are, whether me, these principles are applicable, whether in ministry or in career, some people have done what you are struggling to do. Stop struggling. Stop struggling. Stop struggling. You say, oh, I would like to be a pharmacist. Osas. Osas is a pharmacist. Amen? Osas, Ade is a pharmacist. Femi is a pharmacist. Talk to them. Oh, I would like to be a doctor. A medical doctor. That's good. You have desired a, a, a good thing. But desiring will not make you a doctor. <laughs> I don't care the anointing that is upon your head. You will wish it and pray it and scabash and scabosh and do everything. You will still remain who you are. Talk to them. Yola Law was a doctor. Kemi is a doctor. Talk to people that are, investigate. Investigate. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Femi is not here today. Also a medical doctor. He came to, every time he did something, he would come and say, ah, Pastor, you know, <laughs> as a pastor, you know, you know a lot of people and you know a lot of things. If I want to do this, who should I be talking to? If I need that, who should I be talking to? Meanwhile, some people are busy running from north to south, west to east, looking for what is not lost. Ask questions. Investigate. You know, you want, you desire a particular gift that you see in operation. You say, ah, Akinwale operates well. I, I like the way he does this. In fact, I like his swag. You know, ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Don't be afraid to ask. You know, <laughs> there are some things anointing a prayer will do for you. There are some things it will not do for you. You know my favorite example. Let's try you not brushing your teeth for one month. But make sure, make sure, make sure every day you are praying three, four, five hours. That, oh, Lord, this teeth. Mm, no, I, 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 I reject bad breath. I cancel bad breath. I bind by the binding and losing. The only thing that prayer will do for you, when people come around you, they will be falling under the anointing of your back mouth odor. Why? Because what you can do for you, God will not do for you. God will not do for you. You seek a career in nursing. Co-pastor has been through the whole spectrum when it comes to nursing. And many others in the church. Investigate. Look at your neighbor. Say, investigate. investigate. And tell them again, investigate. investigate. Ask questions. Do your research. In research, in research we call it a literature search. When you have a research idea, you want to do something, the first thing you must do is don't, re don't try to reinvent the wheel or boil the ocean. It's already been done by somebody else. Amen? It's just for you to build on top of it. You know, so instead of starting from ground zero, my mentor told me something many years ago. He said, Koe, anyone that has a father will see far. I said, please explain it, sir. He said, because the one that has a father is standing upon the shoulder of his father. He's not standing at the same level with his mate. Your mentor, you are standing upon their shoulder, and because you are standing upon their shoulder, you can see far. You can see beyond your mates. What they are missing, you are not missing because you can see far. You can see far. Rise to your feet.
I see your spirit. Out of time, not out of message. We'll pick it up from there next time. Lift up both hands. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.